What's up, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lattes with Lindsay. Today's guest is really going to focus on yoga and how to improve our overall functional mobility. She has so much education as well as experience with this field, so I thought that she would be the perfect person, and she is the one and only Melissa. (laughs) What's going on, girl? (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I am, uh, yeah, I'm honored to be a guest on this podcast. This is great. Um, I am a registered massage therapist. Um, I've been in practice for massage therapy for about seven years now. And um, as far as yoga mobility, it sort of entered, it entered my life when I was um, competing as an amateur boxer. So during um, my early 20s, I competed for a number of years. And it was, you know, the perfect sort of yin to the yang of, of, of my sport, you know, very aggressive, lots of hard training. I was looking for um, some active recovery uh, for, for boxing. And, and, I, and I found my way to yoga because it was just such a great um, way for me to decompress, um, practice my breath work and, and, and just, and stretch my body. It just felt good. Um, and so at the time, you know, I didn't know too much about it. I would just show up to a few classes and, um, and I just felt like it it did so much for my body. So when I fast forward, when I got into practicing massage, um, it was sort of the same thing. I started treating a few, um, amateur athletes, a few boxers from, from my days in boxing, and then really got into treating a lot of runners um, because I was a runner. And so I found my, my fellow run community pals were coming to see me, um, you know, to get, to get treatment. But that was always sort of a thing. It was like, oh, what can I do to open up my hips? What can I do to, to fix my low back? Because I sit all day and then I go and run. And, you know, so it was all these little things. And it just... Um, and I was continuing to practice throughout this time. Um, and then it was just suggested, uh, a teacher whose class I had been going to for quite some time had just sort of popped the idea into my head of like, you know what, you might actually be, you might really enjoy teaching and maybe you should just, or even just to give, you know, remedial sort of exercise to your, to your clients, maybe you should take a teacher training, um, and, and see where, where it leads. And so I did. (laughs) Um, and that was really the, the initial intention was just to use it with, um, with my massage clients. Um, and so, and not necessarily to teach in public classes, which I, I do, I do do now, but in the beginning it was just to use in clinical practice. Oh, that's amazing. Cause I mean, at least you can be very diverse in all the different avenues that you can really get into. And that's perfect. Mm-hmm. How long have you been practicing, um, the profession for? Yeah. So seven, yeah, it's, 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 it's coming up on, on seven, seven years, seven, seven um, really, really awesome years. They've really flown, uh, flown by. It, it's kind of funny when I, um, when I start to reflect, I'm like, really have I, and it's really a drop in the bucket, you know, in comparison to a lot of career paths, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been great so far. Hopefully I've got many, <laughs> many more to come. <laughs> 
Well, honestly, you always have to, you know, wake up and be grateful that you have no injuries, knock on wood, that are... Yes, exactly. And then for teaching, I've been teaching um, yoga and mobility for about four years now. Yeah, coming up, um, coming up on four years now. Yeah, man, even that, I'm like, seems like, seems like yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's good that you've been keeping it up. That's for sure. Where are you working these days? So I am based in Toronto, Canada, and uh, that's where I practice. Um, It's also where I teach. Um, Now, as we are in our, you know, strange COVID-19 days, I am doing a lot of Zoom teaching. Um, So I'm doing some online stuff, which has actually been wonderful. Um, I, I definitely think I'm going to continue it. Um, even post COVID, because I just feel like um, for classes, it just gives you better access. I have friends who don't live in the city that can now log in and take my classes because it was always something that you know people would comment on when I would post something on um, Instagram, like a video from from my class. They'd be like, "Oh, I wish I was there to take it." And so I, I do think, in that sense, this has been a nice benefit: is that it's been able to keep me connected to people both near and far. Um, but yeah, everything, uh, I work in a sports medicine clinic in the city. Um, I also work with the Toronto Blue Jays during baseball season. Um, and then I'm teaching, you know, (laughs) my fingers are in a few pies and then I teach throughout, um, throughout, throughout the year. Uh, sometimes I'm, I do, I basically, I, I like to teach in, um, sort of small, spurts, I guess. Um, So during the winter season when I'm not having to work with the Jays, um, I'll usually do a small residency at at a studio and just maybe for two or three months do a weekly class. Um, I'll just do pop-ups, that sort of thing. Um, And then in the summertime, I also work with... um, the work with an awesome um, men's um, hockey strength and like off season strength and conditioning uh, program where I teach um, active recovery yoga mobility to them once a week. So keeps me busy throughout the year interspersed with my, with my massage career. (laughs) Well, I feel like the viewers will probably have to sit down with a pen and paper and listen to all the things that you just put off. That's so impressive. And I think education is the utmost important thing to continue during this crazy COVID because my goodness, you never know when it's actually going to end. So, you know, blending your careers together. How do you find like your body is taking all this in? Is it um, like more sore as you do more like mobility plus massage? Or do you find that your body is pretty well balanced? Yeah, um, I'd say mostly I feel great when I stay on top of it. um, That's the thing when you're teaching some, you know, you're not always doing. (laughs) So I have to remind myself um, to practice what I preach and to go through the sequences and the, and, and the poses and the moves. Um, But, but it honestly, from the time it's what has always kept me connected um, to this practice is in how good it makes me feel. So in relation to, working, say, 
an eight hour day um, with massage clients. I'm on my feet all day. You know, we can be hunched over a table. We're trying to use the best biomechanics we can, um, but we're definitely in a specific position. You come away with it where your legs are a little tired, your shoulders and pecs, your upper back. And so if I can come home and be on the mat and, and do a few moves to sort of open that up, encourage better T-spine mobility, better rotational mobility, better you know movement through my neck and shoulders, I'm going to have a better sleep and I'm going to feel recovered the next day when I get up. And it's the same thing for athletic performance. You know, you'll go through whatever hard training, um, going through actual games or competition, you know, you're that sort of um, process. And, and over time, you know, you're always going to be a little sore, always going to be feel a little beat up. But if you can go through, you know, a process of different, you know, movement patterns um, with, uh, encouraging with with good breath work you know you'll just your recovery will be better and you'll just feel great yeah is it normal to feel um you know tired or sore after yoga or any type of mobility work sure it absolutely it can it just it so it comes down to it depends on what you're doing but yeah there's definitely heavier vinyasa style um, sessions, power yoga, you know, you have, you always sort of have to look for the keywords. So anything that, that has sort of a power yoga or a vinyasa in the name, you know, you're going to be going um, through faster and more challenging sequences. So it can be, yoga can be a workout. It's working through your strength, working through your stability, working through your balance, all those things coordinated in a flow um, yeah, you can get a crazy, crazy workout and, and, and be sore because you're often pairing up movements, working and challenging different muscle stabilizers that you normally might not if you're just in the gym or doing a specific sport um, or if you're just sitting at a desk on a computer all day. So yeah, and, and my classes especially, a lot of people um, I think appreciate when they come to my class the, 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 the sneaky bits of challenging, um, the sneaky strength, the sneaky um, challenging mobility stuff that we do because I really try to get into a lot of deep, deep capsular stuff into our hips, into our shoulders. Um, and, and challenge you in different rotational positions um, so, so that you can feel and move better. If we're always just doing the same thing, for example, with running, you know, if you're always going in the same plane of motion and you aren't challenging anything moving side to side or rotationally, then yeah, when you do those things, it's, you're going to feel it. <laughs> You know, getting to know all the different types of yoga is super important because I've I've been to my my yin yoga classes and I got put to sleep and then I went to a Pilates class and I got like absolutely destroyed. So what are the types of yoga classes? Yeah, so so there's I mean, and especially nowadays there are a lot of um teachers and instructors that are even creating different types of hybrids, but when you're when you're looking, um, typically you'll see things like a vinyasa style, which is usually um, like a one breath per movement. They're they're moving through a sequence of standing postures and on the mat. It's meant to get you know your heart heart rate up, your blood flowing, and and just coordinate a bunch of different things from from balance and you know that that body and breath connection. You have your yin yoga, which you explained, which is definitely long single poses 
that might be a little uncomfortable, deep stretch poses that you hold anywhere from like two to five minutes. And you just sort of, you'll transition through, uh, say a 60 minute class to maybe only being in five poses, but you're in each pose for a lengthened period of time. Um, Hatha yoga is more like a slow flow. So you'll do a few sequences, but you're really concentrating on being in that position, breathing in and out in that position, um, working in through different dynamic movements or just a deep stretch. So there's lots of different Kundalini yoga. I think it deals a lot more with like your breath work. Um, yoga Nidra is honestly, if anyone can take a yoga Nidra class, it's basically like a guided meditative sleep. It is glorious. Um, you just wake up and you just feel rested, restored. Um, but it's but it's wonderful. So so yeah, people have and and then there's so many. I mean, there's so many others. Ashtanga yoga. You know, there are sequences where you're repeating the same thing over and over. So it's almost like a benchmark where you know what to expect. You know what's coming because it's the same pose over and over again. So there's different like advantages and benefits to different styles. And it's, it's always about finding what resonates with you and what suits what is happening in your life, whether, you know, and what you're looking for. Yeah. And I think that's super important for people to know because you know, I've, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced all different types and there are more coming out every single day, I swear. So, you know, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely. I'd say the current, the current trend and, and sort of what I tend to um, resonate with and gravitate toward is, is the idea of, of finally meshing um, some functional movement, some strength based stuff and mobility work into yoga sequencing. So to me, just based on um, being an athlete and working with athletes, to me, this is what makes sense. And working with like the biomechanics of athletic movement and how yoga can then directly correlate with it being an active recovery um, for whatever other training um, and, and competition you're doing. And so I, I really look, look towards um, those styles um, of yoga. Yeah. And I think sometimes with yoga, even just trying different ones out is also a huge perk, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. You have to. I mean, it's like, it's like anything people are going to figure out, you know, if they like to, if someone just says, I like to weight train, well, what does that mean? There's so much. Are you a power lifter? Are you looking at like serious bodybuilding? Do you just want to do like a circuit? You know, like there's so much that can be under an umbrella of weight training or strength and conditioning. So um, yoga is absolutely the same. And, and I would encourage anyone who's like, ooh, I don't like yoga or I tried yoga. They probably just didn't like the one class they went to. And it's also dependent on the teacher. You could go to the same style of class, but have two different, you know, whatever. Everyone's going to have their own um, style and the way they teach. So um, I definitely encourage people to try it. And, and the key thing, this is, this is also part of what um, I was doing with my, with my massage clients is just reminding people you also doing yoga doesn't mean a 60 minute, you know, flow class. 
you can use it for five minutes. You can just do two things, two poses, maybe. Maybe you're just doing one. You know what I mean? It can be five minutes. It can be 20 minutes. It can be 60 minutes. It's what you make of it. Um, and the beauty of the online world, you can find, you know, things on YouTube, things on Vimeo. You can find little classes and sessions, things on Instagram that are anywhere five minutes to 60 minutes. So you don't need to allocate uh, extra quote unquote extra time that, you know, in, in, in your normal life, you, you feel like you might not have, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot and it's still, and it's still yoga. It's still mobility. It's still stretching. Even if it's just five minutes. Yeah, for sure. Five minutes is great for someone even who is interested in it and wants to start small and then gradually get into those classes that are a little bit longer or going into hotter or just regular yoga. Oh, 100%. It's it's super beneficial. I mean, as I said, like some of the other, you know, some of the general benefits that you can get, whether it's five minutes or 60 minutes, you know, it's it's all about the breath and body connection. So Breathwork is such an important part of, of my teaching um, and, and with the classes and sessions, one-on-one sessions that I'll do, is just getting people to understand um, good quality breathwork, accessing their diaphragm, being able to understand and feel all your little, you know, intercostal muscles between your ribs and, you know, just how it should move and flow as you're inhaling and exhaling. So it's like that mental focus, you know, positions can be uncomfortable, just being quiet, you know, often, you know, I actually prefer, I don't do it a lot uh, in public classes, but I do prefer teaching with no music because I just feel we're inundated with so much noise already that we should just be able to zone in and listen to our bodies, listen to our breathing. If we are in a group class, connect with everyone else's breath, have it be kind of in unison and, and work together with that. You know, that's a big benefit. You know, it's just that mental focus resiliency you know you can you can build through uh, or work through different issues injuries you know that sort of thing um just by going through some of these poses um and exercises so yeah and it's just for me as i said it's all uh, it's always about a good active recovery to whatever other training you're doing Yeah, absolutely. I love that you don't play music during your yoga because I think from anything that I've learned so far from this podcast is that breathing and finding your own place within that yoga class is super essential to you actually growing as an individual to knowing what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So, you know, with the different types of yoga, is there any benefits or comparisons to hot yoga versus just regular yoga? Um, uh, again, I would, I would say it tends to lead towards personal preference. Like, you know, there's definitely, I'm sure some research out there when you start looking at heat training versus cold training, that sort of thing. And, and, and I would, and I would definitely recommend if people are seriously interested, um, in wanting to know the, the, the deep science of it to just, you know, do some, do some research on, on, on benefits of heat training. Um, for me, um, I definitely like to practice 
in, in both situations. So when studios were, were open, um, I did like going to some hot yoga studios because I just felt like, especially for say, for example, a yin class, I love doing yin in a hot yoga setting because you're just in these stationary passive, um, stretches. I find a heated studio already makes your body feel warmed up and helps you sort of ease into these positions and, and kind of sustain them. Um, what, what, uh, kind of tricks you into thinking it's easier, even though it's, it's not. Um, so for that aspect, I do, I mean, some people just like the sweat. They'll, they'll be chatter about, you know, is it detoxifying and all of these things, but, um, you know, I just think it generally the warmth makes you feel a little looser, a feel more relaxed so that you can get work up a deeper sweat and sometimes push yourself a little deeper into certain stretches and positions. So if that's your goal, then I would say, yeah, try a heated class. Some people just absolutely cannot tolerate it. Um, and that's fine because in a non-heated, I mean, currently, we're all practicing in our living rooms, unless you're cranking up the heat in your house, it's really a non-heated situation. Um, but you can still work up enough core heat and body heat and sweat in a non-heated um, situation. So um, again, to me, it's, it's all about what you can tolerate um, and personal preference. I agree, because at the end of the day, it is really what works for you. I know that, you know, I've been to retreats where they've had different rooms where you can go into a low, medium, or hot heat um, yoga class, and, you know, it gets pretty hot. So, but with that being said, I think it's really important to really experience both of the the different styles of yoga. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, you know, with different conditions, I know from massage, we have to really be careful of them. What kind of conditions, you know, would you recommend that you should stay away from yoga versus, you know, conditions that would help with yoga? Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is, is really about communication, um, and having a good understanding on what, um, what is going on um, as far as injuries. So say someone has some maybe just like chronic, I don't know, low, low back pain. So there might be certain positions that make that pain feel a little more cranky or, or just sort of aggravate depending on what it is. And so the person who's experiencing it needs to really be in tune with what positions are and, and then just have that dialogue with the instructor or teacher saying, okay, this is something I've been dealing with just so you know, so that they could potentially provide modifications, a modified position, um, or help them, you know, to build back up to it. And it's the same thing. Anyone who's dealing with any kind of injury or pain should really be, um, you know, in contact with a healthcare professional, whether it's a, their doctor, a physiotherapist, massage therapist, chiropractor, to really speak to them to say, these are the types of um, things I'd like to do. What's a good way to move in and move out? And a lot of it is just starting off you know, easy with the load, making sure you're not doing anything that's going to absolutely acutely, um, you know, aggravate it. But yeah, yoga, certain positions, certain poses can absolutely help, um, can absolutely help with, with any kinds of, um, injury rehab. Um, it's just a matter of laying it all out and figuring out what works and what doesn't and how you can, um, 
you know, how you can go about um, setting that up with your, with that, with that client. That's perfect. Yeah. Cause I think that's the biggest thing, like, you know, low back is the most common <laughs> injury I feel. And, you know, at times it's tough because, you know, you put yourself in certain positions or whichever when you're in yoga and it can fire up different parts that are maybe flared up prior to the yoga or, you know, yoga could flare it up. So definitely knowing, you know, kind of where to like step your boundaries in regards to pulling back from a stretch or, you know, when exactly. to kind of breathe and all that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. Have you, have you had a, a pretty good, you know, success with, with the athletes from the Jays, for example, with mobility and. Yeah. So for sure. Um, my, my work with the Jays is strictly, um, on a, um, massage, uh, therapist basis. Um, you know, they've got a full team with, um, strength coaches and athletic trainers, et cetera. And th so they handle, you know, all the one-on-one -on -one sort of uh, mobility programming, strength programming, that's all sort of wrapped up with their coaches. And, um, and I work with them more on a massage basis. But for me, um, in my clinical practice, um, yeah, my runners, uh, my, my run community that I, that I adore, um, I work with a few that um, that train throughout the year uh, through different marathon cycles. So there'll be like sub elite, a few sub elite marathoners um, that when they know they've got um, race prep coming up, they'll start coming in um, and do some mobility work with me once a week. And then I'll, I'll send them home with like some homework on stuff that they, that they need to do. And I find anyone who's had, especially anyone who's been um, a marathoner and is, um, and is, a runner everyone's experienced some sort of injury at some point um sometimes yearly <laughs> depending on the training load um so yeah i've had really good success with just getting people to build back up through hips ankles a lot of hamstring stuff so just trying to get again it's about uh encouraging better fluidity through your joints through your muscles and tendons um, building up that resiliency and just getting your balance and coordination back as they're trying to get back into um into full recovery so yeah that i would say runners have probably been my biggest um sort of resource and success of uh of seeing how how the mobility in combination with strength training and uh and and some manual therapy has really really uh worked well that's awesome yeah i find functional movements is something that people tend to forget how important it is <laughs> so it's definitely absolutely absolutely and that's the thing and, and 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 it's the one thing i i i always try to stress um you know especially as a massage therapist i'm sure you've seen it with clients over the years as well um you know they they want to come in and want to feel better and we help to facilitate that but it also relies heavily on what they're doing outside of our clinic space and, and and off the table so you know making sure that their joints move well that they can um take on whatever impact um 
you know, they want to do. And even if the person happens to be desk bound and sedentary, it's even more vital. They still have to strength train. You still have to move your body. Um, you know, so it's just whatever manual inputs we're giving them to help them. That's not the, the be all end all. (laughs) The magic doesn't really rely in us. It's, it's really, uh, you know, based on what that, what that person is doing with the information. Yeah, for sure. So when you work with your athletes, is there specific movements that you always do when it comes to, you know, increasing their mobility or or function? Yeah. Um, so yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I was going to say yes and no, but yeah, there, there's definitely a few key movements that, that I find we always do. Um, so for me, I always like to mix in some kind of um, T-spine mobility, a lot of rotational and flexion extension. You know, we, we don't get enough extension in our lives with our, with our spinal movements. So I always like to work in a few poses um, that really focus on our T-spine mobility and rotation, especially in athletes, um, rotational stuff, hip stuff, um, so, so vital to almost every athletic movement. Um, a lot of core strengthening, um, and yeah, and hip stuff always, always looking at internal rotation, external rotation, um, really trying to get more movement into that workspace of the joint, um, to, to have healthier, um, you know, healthier hips. And, and that really then, sends the chain down. I try to work globally, um, even in my, you know, um, public classes, like I try to target everything head to toe, but, but yeah, you're always going to find me doing T-spine stuff, um, and hip stuff for in every class and breath work. I'd say everything starts, I start and finish all my sessions with, with breath work and just getting people to be connected in, um, getting their nervous system, you know, um, uh, really, really, really keyed in to, to what we're going to be doing. Do you find that the breathing techniques can help someone who is going to yoga for the first time and, you know, has a brain that tends to love to wander? Is that something that can really help them focus during the actual session? Absolutely. And, and that's, that's where that mental focus really, really comes into play. But, but yeah, ha- being able to do a few different specific um, breathing exercises can really, um, really does help with that for people whose minds tend to wander or are just, you know, we all go through days. Sometimes you're just feeling anxious. You've got so much on your mind. There's different external pressures. And so that idea of just coming as simple as it sounds of just coming back to breath and you know maybe it's just counting maybe you have to hum something to keep that focus whatever it is for you you know everyone can kind of figure figure out but like yeah if you can always just come back to um to your breathing and focus on intentional um inhales and exhales you can you can really help build that that mental focus oh absolutely and i love the fact that at the end of the yoga session they always finish with meditation and i find it's super helpful because it can really just like reawaken you before you continue your day and uh you know why is that that they you know always finish with it 
you're, you're eliciting that amazing parasympathetic response from your nervous system. Um, you know, our parasympathetic nerves right in that deep lower belly area of our body in our, in our lower abdominals. Um, so when we're, we're coming into that final corpse pose, Shavasana at the end, that's what we're doing. We're, we're, that's when you hear people that will just say deep belly breaths, because that's what we're trying to, to really activate is that parasympathetic nervous response, our rest and digest. So um, yeah, that's why when you're finished and then hopefully you have come into a bit of a meditative state that you just feel recovered refreshed you've reset um yeah it's yeah, awesome i, I find <laughs> also, you know I, I definitely find it's also a way of healing because i've mm-hmm. been a class mm-hmm. where absolutely are, you know crying at the end because they feel an emotional yep. connection with how there's body absolutely absolutely here's the thing we carry so much external stress and and internally, you know, things that sometimes you don't even realize how much trauma, um, like that's a whole other segment too of yoga, trauma-informed yoga that um, I would eventually love to, to, to dive a little deeper into. But, but that's the thing, trauma, you know, takes hold into our um tissues and 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 everything so when we have those emotional releases it's because we are letting go of things and it's and it's our body saying it's okay um so yeah breath work is so powerful you know I, i i it's another sort of thing that i that i try to um tell my massage clients especially those with um, chronic pain because it's you know it's tough if you're living with something day in and day out that that you can't seem to get a handle on to to quote unquote fix or have it just dissolve or dissipate you know but again coming back to breathing I find if you can focus on whatever areas of the body and just how is your body feeling as you're moving through that that breath work um, what can you feel with things expanding or contracting that can also just relieve a lot of, um, a lot of that, a lot of that pain that you, you didn't even realize sometimes that you were holding on to. Are there certain breathing techniques that you would recommend like our viewers to practice before they go into a yoga session or is it pretty easy to understand when you're going through it? Um, I mean, you could, but I, I don't, I don't think it's necessary. Ultimately, anyone who's coming to a, a yoga class for the first time is just make sure a, you know, what is, what that type of class is and what's sort of the, the flow is going to be, whether it's going to be faster paced and strength based or slow and recut and restorative based. Um, so once you have that idea, you just have to come with um, an open mind, um, and, and, and just listen to what the, the teacher tells you. Just follow those cues, follow those instructions, listen to your body, um, and, and just do what feels, um, what feels good in your body. And I mean, what the heck do you even bring to yoga these days? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and it's funny. So, so in, in, a, in, in a few, in a lot of studios, 
um, sometimes they're full service and you just have to bring yourself. Um, so essentially you want to be in clothing that allows you to move, um, un unencumbered, um, and to feel comfortable, um, and to breathe. The, a key thing to note is if you are taking a hot yoga class in a heated studio is to definitely remind yourself to dress for the heat. So don't come in long sleeves and long pants if you cannot tolerate that um, because it will make the class that much more challenging and uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, you, you just want freedom to move. Um, I would always suggest bringing water with you, bringing a bottle of water. Um, if you have a yoga mat, wonderful. Definitely check the studios. Most studios will have rentals if you don't own a mat already. Um, and, and it's usually for a small, a small fee. But yeah, if you can just get yourself and get yourself a quality yoga mat. This is the one thing um, I will say. If you are going to go on a journey, whether it's just yoga or Pilates, or just stretching in your living room. Honestly, spend the money on a quality yoga mat because it will last you a long time. You will feel better, non-slip. Like you want to look for like things that are a little bit cushioned, things that have like a good surface. So from a quality company, don't just buy, you know, the 1099, you know, whatever, Amazon or Walmart brand uh, yoga mat, because you, there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, there is. <laughs> no offense to Walmart, but like, you know, it just invest in a quality yoga mat. <laughs> that would be, that would be my advice because, because really, even if you just use it at home, um, it, it, it's sort of that, that mantra. Like if you, if you look good, if you feel good, then you'll perform, then you'll perform well. So it's that same sort of idea. If you have a good mat, you'll be more likely to unroll it, have it on, have it on your living room floor and do the stretches or take it to the studios and, and, and utilize it. If you have a crappy mat, you're not going to want to be on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Like I've seen my fair share of, you know, people using these mats and they're so ripped up and you know, old and terrible. So, you know, with yeah. your experience yeah. with athletes and the general population, I find that there's so many unfortunate stereotypes when it comes to yoga and increasing or improving your functional mobility because a lot of people think that it's girly or, you know, you have to be super flexible to, you know, do yoga. So conquering those stereotypes, how do you kind of persevere through those to right. bring your clients in and, and help them re-educate themselves on the values Absolutely. of yoga? I can definitely attest to it, especially with um, a lot of the athletes I work with, a large number of them are men. And so, yeah, I think it's changing. Um, I definitely think, um, you know, it can be when you go into a studio, it can feel uncomfortable if you haven't done it before. Um, and you walk in and you just see, like, for example, if you are a man and you walk in and you just see a sea of women and you might be like, oh, are they going to judge me? Are they going to look at me? I don't know. I'm not flexible. You know, I'd say that's the biggest thing from anyone, regardless of your gender, is, is, is the idea of I'm not flexible, so I shouldn't go to class and I can't do yoga. Yoga is a practice. You have to think about what your um, goals are with why you're and your intentions of why you're there. 
everybody does not need to be a pretzel. Everybody isn't a pretzel. So there will be some people that will be super flexible and that's awesome. Some people will get into those amazing acrobatic poses. I am not one of those people. I have a lot of uh, tension throughout my body. I can touch my toes, but like I am not out here doing splits. Um, I am also not doing crazy acrobatic poses, um, but that's not my goal nor my intention. So it just, you know, you have to just remember nobody's there to judge you. You are literally there for your time on your little mat to experience the class for yourself. Um, so yeah, I would say any stereotypes that are out there, you just have to, um, you know, tune out the noise, tune out the noise. Yoga is for everybody and every body, um, small body, big body, in between bodies, like it is for everyone. And, and it's just a matter of, you do have to find, you know, the types the styles of classes you like and the teachers you like that are perhaps um, lending themselves to your comfort level, you know, because there, there is a wide variety of teachers um, along with a wide variety of styles. So you just have to try a few on and, and see what works for you, you know. Ask your, ask your bendy yogi friends, ask your super tight athletes what they do, you know, ask around and, and, and get informed. And it, and it goes back to, to one of the benefits about being, um, building resiliency and, and having some dexterity is just, you're going there to challenge your body and to challenge your mind. So there is, there is no perfection and like, I'm winning yoga. Like there's, there's no, there's no winning. There's no losing. There's just being and doing. So, um, yeah, just, as I said, always just open mind, um, open mind, open heart. And, and you'll really, you know, I, I encourage everyone to, you know, just learn to just to learn to move your body, learn to breathe through some of those poses and, and, and find what yoga can uh, bring to you. Absolutely. And I think it really just truly brings balance to someone's life. There are so many pros to yoga. You know, as a healthcare professional, we see it all the time, people who are doing yoga and helping themselves with stretching and even just daily meditation, you can see the difference in growth of that person. And, you know, with this being said, is there anything that you would like the public to further know more about when it comes to yoga or mobility? Yeah, um, I would say just to, to, to really just look at, think about what it is um, they hope to get out of a yoga practice and that can then inform what they're looking for in a class or in a teacher or any kind of online learning. So really it's about zeroing in about what it is that you need before finding um, what's out there. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll go through a couple things, um, a couple different scenarios, and you can maybe just give me an example of what yoga would fit for them the, the best. So, um, for example, you know, a basketball player who's been, you know, in college for a couple of years, had a back injury um, the last year, and now he's off for uh, a knee injury. 
what would be one or two different types of yoga that would kind of help him rebalance himself and as well as keep that strength for the upcoming season? Right. Um, so with prior back stuff, I mean, a lot of hips. So you'd want to think of like pelvic tilts. Um, and again, you're coming into thinking about flexion and extension, depending on what that injury entailed. It's just making sure that you're in positions that aren't aggravating it but as long as you can get some good fluidity in pelvic movement um and that can you know help with some with some back stuff um and breath work being in um different different positions um that can challenge that um tabletop child's pose that type of thing um and then as far as like knee stuff again it just really depends on um what what the actual injury is but a lot of um i find balance um i find a lot of balance work really helps between ankles knees hips so single leg balance you always want to think about even in strength training everyone goes to um you know uh, uh, a, a deadlift sort of position where you can hinge um, and, and you want to be able to have that build that resiliency. So just starting with single leg balance work, um, whether it's like tree pose or whether you're being able to get into, um, you know, a warrior three an airplane sort of type balance and then and then slowly building up can you work into like a single leg squat how does that feel on the knee you know also just um tibial rotation for the knee hinging do you have adequate flexion extension i mean so there's just that's like more mobility based stuff you just want to make sure you've got um a good healthy knee joint um before you're building into anything super <laughs> super crazy but yeah some yoga stuff can help um help with that um, and then as you're getting into more, you can get into more like passive movements, deep knee um, stretches if you're in like wide-legged hero, depending on, you know, your knee flexion. If that doesn't aggravate things, that's like a good stretch for your quads and your hip flexors, but you're also in an extreme knee bend. Um, so yeah, you can build, sort of build up to, up to that type of stuff. For sure. And then, you know, for an upper body example would be like frozen shoulder. They, you know, are coming off the mend of a lot of pain. They're super restricted still. Their doctor did just clear them to help, you know, go back into therapy and improve their functional mobility. Would you recommend any specific yoga stretches or movements? <laughs> yeah, frozen, frozen shoulder is tricky. Um, again, depends on the state of their... Um, external and internal rotation and their pain levels. So you have to be super careful because a lot of classes and yoga flows will deal with um, a lot of chaturanga pose, which is sort of going from like high plank to low plank, um, like push up sort of um, positions, um, and then moving into downward dog. And so if you've had frozen shoulder, you probably don't even have the flexion extension to get into that position. So, I mean, honestly, I, I would say as long as that person's working, if I would suggest that person really be working with their, a physiotherapist um, first to really ensure that they've got the shoulder stability um, to get 
to a point of doing a class, like more so than just um, a doctor's approval. Um, but there's a lot of low level mobility work that they could start working in cars, controlled articular rotations, um, getting that stuff, isometrics, you know, building, building into shoulder. So as long as they can get into the positions that a yoga pose demands, that's when you know it's okay to go into a group class. That person may need to seek um, a private session one-on-one -on -one with, with a yoga teacher um, or mobility, you know, and there are a lot of um, um, therapists, physios, chiros, and, you know, obviously massage therapists like myself that teach yoga and mobility. So you can, I would say for someone like that to seek out the actual sports rehab professional that has that additional yoga background so that they can um, really curate their session specifically to help rehab that issue. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Couldn't, I couldn't have said it better. That's, that's a good way to explain it. I think, you know, I've had, the reason why I threw those ideas out is because I've had those two in the past of people coming in as athletes, as well as just, you know, the general public. And, um, you know, they're, they tell me, you know, should I do yoga? Should I do functional movements? What should I do? And that's exactly what I would have said, you know, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta pick the right profession. And then when you're ready, you can get cleared definitely for those types of movements. I think people are so eager for change. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and, but yeah, I always say, especially when there's injuries involved is to really seek out that healthcare professional first and make sure that you have the adequate, um, foundation to then be getting into public classes or at least go the one-on-one -on -one route. You know, it's, 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 it's not always the most cost effective, but in the long run, um, the investment is, is worth it when it comes to your health. Absolutely. And breathing is so vital because you would be so surprised how much further you can get with just breathing with your mobility and your flexibility and all that stuff. So, definitely try to really fit it and tailor it to your own lifestyle. I think that is something that is super crucial. And I think Mel would definitely agree is that you have to try different teachers and allow yourself to be vulnerable to get into these positions. And if they aren't comfortable or, you know, if they are comfortable, then really try and work on those and improve your overall well-being. Because at the end of the day, one type of yoga may not work for you, but another one may. So with this being said, is there anything else, Mel, that you'd love to mention to the viewers? No, I think we covered everything in this episode. And as I said, I would just encourage everyone to get out there and move their body. Well, Mel, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate all the education that you have given us, as well as clear up so many of the stereotypes that come along with yoga. So thank you guys for tuning in. My latte's done and enjoy the rest of your day.